It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ooh. Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Rivers gives to Strolls, angling left. Hand got room. It. 15, 10, 5. 15. Jackpot! He got it! Yeah. He got it! The play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha ha Touchdown, Antonio Gates. 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out, I'd just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! We are back. How's it going, Score Morons? This is Garrett Sisti. This is the Score More Podcast. Follow us at Score More Pod. And this week, the Chargers are playing the Broncos. The first time they play them this year. They play their AFC West rivals. The Broncos are coming off a bye week, which of course gives Denver an extra week to prepare for the Chargers. Broncos are 3-6 and on the year. 1-3 1-3 and three on the road as they come to town, play the 7-2 and two Chargers now at home. And before we get into it, 
break down this matchup. Let's talk about these injuries. For the Chargers, Kyle Emanuel, Chris Landrum, and Darius Phylon were all full goes on Wednesday. Joey Bosa was limited. The first time we did not see a DNP. First time he did not practice, did not participate. And that's a beautiful thing, man. Seeing a new thing next to his name is exciting. So Joey Bosa was limited. He has a chance to play Sunday. Maybe an outside chance, but still a chance for Bosa to make his season premiere this Sunday against the Broncos. The cornerback Trevor Williams did not practice on Wednesday. He didn't play last week. Michael Davis took his spot. And tight end Antonio Gates did not practice on Wednesday either. So for the Broncos, Darian Stewart, who's been out a few weeks, is back. He was a full go on Wednesday. Joseph Jones, the inside linebacker. Bradley Roby, the corner. Royce Freeman, the running back. And Deshaun Hamilton, the wide receiver, were all limited. We'll get into a little bit on what Vance Joseph said about that group and who will play on Sunday. Diamante Thomas, the safety, did not practice. And the inside linebacker, Brandon Marshall, did not practice either. So let's go ahead and get into it. We'll start with offense, go on to defense, and I'll give you the result afterward. And remember, I'm still undefeated on this podcast. So uh, on offense... Starts with Case Keenum. Of course, they signed Keenum in the offseason, was recently with the Vikings, but is currently showing signs of regression after his best season of his career just a year ago. But Keenum struggles, kind of falls at the feet of the offensive coordinator Bill Musgrove. He's got a good running game, but he asked Case Keenum to do too much every week, and they are not utilizing him the way they should. Keenum is at his best when he's rolling off play action. He is ranked ninth highest all-time passer grade on play action passes with an 87.6. Keenum's passer rating on play action passes is 109.4. Rivers' passer grade on play action is actually second best ever, Tom Brady being number one. In fact, four of Case Keenum's five seasons as a QB, he's racked up a passer rating of over 100 on play action passes. And... A huge part of why Case Keenum was so successful last year in Minnesota, the Vikings ran 28% of their offensive plays through play action. This year, under Bill Musgrove in Denver, it's the lowest of his career, and they're running play action 16% of the time on offense. When Keenum isn't going off play action, his passer rating dips almost 32 whole points to 77.6. That's an issue. And Musgrove is not helping Keenum's case. He is at his best in the play-action game. And they are not doing it enough with Case Keenum. The Broncos also like to push the ball down the field. The Broncos are 7th in the league in 20-plus yard pass attempts this year with 44. Now, while the Chargers are now 3rd in explosive plays, the Broncos sit just 3 spots behind the Chargers with 6th overall. Now, Case Keenum ran out of a system that does not help him currently has 11 touchdown passes compared to 10 interceptions he can get careless with the football Gus Bradley's going to want to get real aggressive on Sunday Case Keenum has the fourth worst passer rating versus the Blitz if you rattle Keenum it'll be a long day for that Broncos offense Chargers offense has struggled on third downs and Case Keenum 
has had his troubles too. He is the second worst QB in the league in terms of third down success. Not only that, the Broncos offense has also struggled in the red zone. Keenum's quarterback rating drops nearly 40 points when he's inside the red zone, and his completion percentage drops 20%. So, he's got problems in the red zone, he's got problems on third down. So when it counts, Keenum comes up short, Chargers will have to continue that trend on Sunday. Strength of this team is their running backs. Talked about it a little bit earlier when we talked about Bill Musgrove, but this running back group has success. And they have success early on first downs. They are fourth in the league in yards per carry on first down with 5.6. The Chargers are tied for first in the league with 5.8 yards per carry. Now, their exciting rookie Philip Lindsay has been their best back and his speed and elusiveness has caused teams problems all year. Their undrafted free agent leads the Broncos in carries, yards rushing, as well as yards per carry among the team's running back group. Lindsay is tied with Melvin Gordon for the NFL lead in yards per carry amongst players with at least 100 rushing attempts a season. And Denver's rushing attack is ranked 10th in the league in rush yards after contact with 466. The Chargers sit at 7th best with 491. So, a tough tackling group, much like the Chargers. The next running back is Devontae Booker. He's kind of used more as their power back. They use him in the red zone a lot. A lot of short third downs. He's also a threat to catch the ball at the backfield. He's averaging a little over two catches a game. So they like to get Booker the ball through the air. Broncos head coach Vance Joseph says he expects the third round pick Royce Freeman to make his return this week. And that running back will join the Broncos running back committee this Sunday, most likely. Freeman has good vision. He's also a shifty runner. Assuming his normal workload, Freeman will probably get around five to eight carries on Sunday. Kind of mix things up but he hasn't really been utilized in the passing game. That's more of Philip Lindsay and Devontae Booker's role right now. Freeman only has six targets through seven games, so they like to run him on the ground. Uh, not much of a threat out of the backfield, though they have got him some targets, but not much. Now, the Chargers are going to have to stop the run early. They're going to have to stop the run, period, obviously, but they're going to have to stop it early because the Broncos love to set up that second and third manageable and let Keenum just sling it. You know, they like to take shots downfield, and when Lindsey or Booker or even Royce Freeman can cut six, seven yards on first down and make it second and three or third and two, they like to take a shot. So got to stop them early on first down. And the Chargers run D, Sands Denzel Perryman now, who's on the IR, will need to limit the rushing yards on first down, make Keenum earn those yards on second and third down. This is a good running back stable that Broncos have. This is a talented group. And it's really a shame they don't utilize them more, to be honest with you. So then, wide receivers. Denver is without their starting wide receiver, Demarius Thomas, who's traded to the Texans at the deadline. With Demarius Thomas out, it is now the Cortland Sutton show. In the one game without Thomas so far, before the bye, Sutton was the team's leading wide receiver in yards, led the team in air yards, and is their new downfield threat. He finished that game against the Texans with three catches for 57 yards. Whichever corner is mashed up on Sutton on Sunday is going to be tested deep. If it is Michael Davis on Sutton, he's going to have to keep up on Sunday. You let some of these Seattle receivers behind him when tested deep, he's definitely going to get tested on Sunday if Michael Davis is the starter and Trevor Williams does not go. Emmanuel Sanders, we know all about him. He's the team's leading wide receiver this season. 
Still as effective in the middle of the field as he's always been. It's going to be Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, and the Broncos expect the other rookie wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, to make his return this Sunday as well. This is a young group with some real potential, but they have had their problems. The Broncos wide receiver group has underwhelmed so far this year and has let Keenum down with some costly drops, especially when it mattered. Like I mentioned, they're struggling in the red zone, struggling on third down. Broncos are currently ranked as the 8th worst team in the league in drop percentage on third down. If you think about that game this past weekend, there were some costly drops by the Raiders, like that drop by Jared Cook on that third down, where they had a crossing route and Derwin was on him and he just let it hit his hands. Oakland isn't even ranked in the top 10 as the 10 worst in that category. The Broncos have been much worse than the Raiders. Big reason why they're having troubles when it counts on money downs. For the tight ends, with Jake Butt out, Jeff Hireman is the starting tight end for Denver. Hireman had a dazzling performance against the Texans. He caught 10 catches on 11 targets for 83 yards and a touchdown. To put that into perspective, through the first eight weeks of the season, he's had 16 catches for 134 yards and no touchdowns. His next closest offensive output came in week four, where he caught four passes for 57 yards against the Chiefs. Hireman is known as a blocking tight end. The Broncos sold Hireman hard on the blocking to slip out of the flat for an easy reception. Did that a lot. Hireman got most of his yards after the catch, showing some wiggle in the open field. This is an obvious point of contention for the Broncos coaching staff to make up for the loss of Demarius Thomas. They look to be getting Hireman more involved in the offense. They moved him around a lot trying to get him some open looks. It appears he'll be more featured in the red zone as well. He caught the Broncos' lone touchdown pass in week nine against the Texans. So on the offensive line, the Broncos just had a huge blow to the offensive line with the loss of their best lineman, in my opinion, center Matt Paradis. Now they just placed Paradis on IR this week. And the Chargers won't see him this year. I will also say after watching games earlier this year, Matt Paradis was probably on his way to being a top five center in this league. He was outstanding this season. The injury sucks. Taking over for Matt Paradis at center will be the right guard Connor McGovern. Now the right guard spot was vacated by Ronald Leary when he went down with an injury, but before that, McGovern was almost replaced at right guard. Now because of that injury to Leary, McGovern kept his spot, but is now moving to the center spot. A lot of shuffling going on. At right guard to take over McGovern's spot, who took Leary's spot, will be Eli Wilkinson, who has actually done pretty good in limited duty. The guard on the opposite side... On the other hand, Max Garcia has not. Garcia has arguably been their worst lineman this year, but it does not stop there. Right tackle Jared Valdir has been banged up all year, has missed four games, and left tackle Garrett Bowles is not having a good season. He looks slow. He doesn't look athletic enough to hang at left tackle. When you beat Bowles, he gets grabby. He leads the league in holding penalties. He is having a tough go at it right now, and it gets worse with the abundance of penalties. Broncos head coach Vance Joseph also talked about trying out new left tackles within to give Bowles some competition. And then, of course, the injury bug hit, and Bowles is now safe, for now, at left tackle. All five spots in the Broncos' offensive line has some question marks, but what they do do well is they can run block. Before the Paradis injury, they were one of the best run blocking groups in the NFL, Of all the teams I've done the podcast for, maybe the Rams are the only better run-blocking group of the teams I've watched so far, in my opinion at least. That's definitely a strength of theirs. Pass-blocking, not so much. So on defense, starting up front, 
defensive line. The Broncos are one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They are bottom 10. They are allowing 131 yards rushing per game. And the 2018 Broncos now hold the record for yards rushing allowed in two consecutive games since the merger at 593. They gave up 593 yards in two games to the Jets and to the Rams. Up front, Dumata Pecco is a defensive leader, mans the middle at nose tackle. Pecco had a good year last year, kind of taking a dip this year so far. The ends are Derek Wolf, who is still very good, and Adam Gatsis. The Broncos are one of the most blitz-happy teams in the league as well. So the offensive line and Phillip Rivers better be ready on Sunday. Denver blitzes the fifth most in the league, sending five or more defenders 31.8% of the time. They can do that because they got some talented pass rushers. Vaughn Miller, of course, still the best pass rusher in the NFL. Miller has 77 straight games with at least one pressure. He is third in the league in sacks with nine, and Miller is averaging a sack a game. The other pass rusher, rookie Bradley Chubb, has been on a tear. Chubb has recorded 35 total pressures through Week 9, which ties Carl Lawson for the most pressures recorded in the first nine weeks by a rookie defender. Bradley Chubb is a serious contender with Derwin James for Defensive Rookie of the Year. We will see him on Sunday. Because they're getting after the quarterback and being sent so often, the Broncos own the 8th best pressure percentage in the league. Watch out offensive line, because they are a-coming on Sunday. Now, moving back a little bit to the linebackers, the starters are Todd Davis and Brandon Marshall. Though Marshall's status Sunday is in question with a bone bruise, that means it'll be rookie linebacker from Iowa, Josie Jewell, who will play in his place and has been a bright spot so far this season. He's been a very good run defender, though he has had his struggles in coverage. Saw it against the game against the Texans. Jordan Thomas just ran right by Josie Jewell. Easy touchdown pass. Can't quite hang in coverage. He struggles there, kind of what we saw in college from Josie. But he can make up for it. I mean, he's not a bad player, but he does have his shortcomings in coverage. And then the DBs, speaking of coverage... The loss of Aqib Tlaib in the offseason hurts, but Chris Harris, still damn good, man. I've said it before on other podcasts, but Chris Harris is such an underrated corner. He is one of the best in the league that nobody talks about. According to PFF, Chris Harris has allowed 60.8 passer rating on passes thrown in his direction. That's the third lowest in the league among cornerbacks with at least 150 snaps in coverage. Part of the reason they felt comfortable letting Tlaib leave in the offseason was to make way for their young corner, Bradley Roby. Roby had a slow start to the year, came alive against the Cardinals, but it's been a serious down year for Roby. He's dealing with an injury. He didn't play in the Broncos' last game in Week 9. Now he has had an extra week to heal up because they had the bye week, but he may be hurting. His ego may be hurting a little bit too because Bradley Roby was rumored to be trade bait during the trade deadline, willing to part with Bradley Roby. Couldn't get a deal done. He could be back this weekend, but Roby still having a real down year. The Broncos are the 10th best coverage unit in the NFL, though. And a lot of that is coming from the corners. Chris Harris, some of that coming from some of the hot play from Bradley Roby, though he's been more down than up. Strong safety Darian Stewart looks like he's going to get the green light, according to Vance Joseph. He's expected to play on Sunday, though I've actually liked what I've seen from Will Parks who's taken over for Stewart when he's been out. He's looked pretty good. Free safety Justin Simmons has been a liability of free safety, too often biting on fakes, 
and caught out of position too many times. Sua Cravens is the guy behind him. I thought Cravens and Parks have played pretty good and probably outplayed the starters this year. For these special teams, the Broncos have had five different players return punts this year. Of the top three, corner Adam Jones has 25 total yards. Undrafted free agent running back Philip Lindsay has 23 return yards. And rookie Deshaun Hamilton, the wide receiver, leads the Broncos with 31 total return yards on three attempts. So far this year, all three have been ineffective in the punt game. Not much to really worry about on Sunday, at least going into the game. Philip Lindsay is their kick returner, and he's averaging 23.2 yards per return this season, too. The punter, Colby Wademan, isn't kicking that great either this year. He's 27th in the league in net punting average. Donnie Jones, you guessed it, dead last. So everyone who wanted to come at me on that other podcast I do about his punting stats, he's still not a good punter. No matter what stats you pull up, he's just not kicking that great. You can argue about circumstance and context, but when you look at the numbers, Donnie Jones has just not been kicking that great. He hasn't gotten any good returns, which is a plus. Their kicker, Brandon McManus, is 13 of 16 this year. Of course, the Chargers' new kicker, not to brag or anything, Michael Badgley, 100%. 5 for 5 on field goals this year, 3 for 3 on extra points. Kid's perfect. So shout out Michael Badgley. So, for the result, you got to get to Case Keenum. He's not good when pressured, and they have to turn the screws on third down and in the red zone. Broncos struggle in both key areas. Chargers have got to continue the trend. The Broncos' offensive line have holes all over the place. Gus Bradley, got to bring it to him on Sunday. The Broncos' rushing attack is good. The Chargers have to try to stop the run early and put it on Case Keenum to make plays. Between Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, even Jeff Hireman, they may not be the most talented group, but they can make plays. The pressure would help, but they'll have to watch the deep ball. They are 7th in the league in 20-plus yard pass attempts. They like to push it downfield, watch the deep ball. Kind of been leaky in the back end. We haven't seen it in a little bit, but got to watch it because the deep ball is coming. The Chargers have the advantage on the ground, no doubt about it. The Broncos are giving up 131 rushing yards a game, and they are averaging almost giving up a rushing touchdown a game so far this year. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler can take advantage. Through the air, Chris Harris. Talented DB, but this group is not what they used to be, and they can be tested. During the game against the Texans, they were getting really chippy in that DB group. They were yelling at each other. DeAndre Hopkins was almost wide open for a touchdown. They went at each other, those Broncos DBs. Lots of confusion, not very happy. They're not winning. To start the game, Denver comes out the gate swinging. They are second in the league in first quarter scoring behind the Chiefs, but after that, the offense sputters. The Chargers will need to weather the storm early and cannot sleepwalk to start the game or the Broncos are going to jump out in front early. And they're going to jump out fast. They've been slow to start games so far the last few games. They cannot do it this week because the Broncos are going to come out swinging. The Broncos have lost six of the last seven. They're currently teetering on whether to fire Vance Joseph midseason or not. And I'm undefeated on my podcast predictions still, ladies and gentlemen. I'm 8-0 and because, of course, I predicted the win last week. This week, I'm rolling with the Chargers. 
I think the Chargers generate enough pressure to frazzle Keenum to pull off a win. I've got him winning 23-13. This isn't going to be easy. It's a divisional game. Broncos will want to come out and win. They're rested. Guys are playing for their jobs. So I don't think it's going to be quite as easy as people think. But I think the Chargers win. So that'll do it, score morons. Appreciate you guys listening again for another week. Don't forget, at ScoreMorePod on Twitter. And let's just hope the Chargers score more on Sunday. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>